All right, this is Kelvin. I'm recording a, a Res Metal podcast. Uh, I got my guest, uh, Craig Freitstretcher. Uh, hopefully, I pronounced that correctly. Uh, he Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bass player for Fires in the Distance. Um, yeah. but what, can you uh, go ahead and just, you know, give yourself a quick introduction, Craig? Yeah, definitely. So, um, as you said, I'm the bass player, backup vocalist for Fires in the Distance. Um, the band and myself have a pretty long history. Um, I've been playing music with Sigor for upwards of about 15 years at this point. Um, Kyle has been a part of our music for just as long and has played an archaic decapitator in the previous band. And we knew Christian growing up as well in the local metal scene. So, you know, we're all a bunch of old time friends that are just stoked. We finally put out an album that people like. I appreciate it. And, uh, I understand you guys are from Connecticut that you guys kind of all grew up in the same area. Yeah. I mean, all, all within an hour's drive of each other. So, you know, it's a small state, pretty contained local metal scene. And therefore, you know, we, we've kind of shared the stage in different bands and, and knew of each other and got to perform together over the years. So I did some research. Uh, I, I used the, you know, the metal archives website, uh, kind of looked at the, the band member history and, uh, archaic decapitator. I, I came across and got a chance to check out some, uh, some music on YouTube. And uh, honestly, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's awesome. I actually never heard of them until, you know, fires in the distance, but, um, kind of like how did the band sound evolve, you know, going from a technical, like, you know, like death metal to, to what fires in the distance is now. Yeah. It's, I'm speaking a little bit for Igor because he's, he's kind of the main composer. Um, you know, we definitely all have a place in terms of the arrangements and where our riffs fall in, but, um, speaking for the evolution when Archaic Decapitator started out, it was, um, you know, very kind of raw death metal and it kind of had a little bit of a, a black metal edge to it. And um, we had a little bit of a period of about three to four years where Igor was actually living out in San Francisco and the band was on hiatus during that time. And during Igor's stay in San Francisco, he was writing a lot of more kind of straight up melodic death metal, more so than just like, you know, like straightforward, regular death metal, if you will. So he would share a bunch of tunes with us and, you know, hey, guys, I got this riff here. What do you think? Or, you know, what should I do for this part here? And, you know, a little bit of cross-country collaboration. And when he moves back here, we were all just, you know, raring to go and ready to start playing music again. So we put out a total of three, four to five song EPs with Archaic. And um, I remember one night I was uh, I was going to see a movie or something of that sort. And Igor's messaging me. He's like, hey, man, like, I've, I've got these new songs I'm working on, but it's got to be a different band. And I was like, well why man like we, we've already got a band with a following why are we going to make a new one and then i heard it and it, it just kind of hit me it was just a lot more atmospheric you know the tempo was a little bit slowed down but i think it pulled at the heartstrings a little bit more and i i think it became a much more relatable piece of music um than some of our other releases so we're we're definitely stoked to hear that you like the older archaic back catalog 
Um, but it, I would just say it's just the evolution of our songwriting and just us playing music together for so long. This is how we got here. Well, when I first got into metal, you know, I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm 35, but you know, I, around the year 2000, I kind of picked up on like, you know, of course, new metal, corn slipknot, but then picked up on like Slayer. But it wasn't until I picked up on At The Gates, I, I feel like melodic death metal really just kind of stuck with me. And it kind of like that's kind of like my go to as far as like listening to metal. And yeah, Archaic uh, Decapitator really kind of touches on that. Um, and uh, are there any plans for uh, Archaic Decapitator releases in the future? You know, it's it, it's a tough question to answer, but I, I think given the response that Fires has received, probably not. And that was a little bit of the reverse of our intentions, um, at least in the local scene in the tri-state area around here, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New York. Archaic had a good, stable following. Um, but when fires put out uh this album again we, we kind of thought this would be like a studio project we weren't really intending to do a whole lot of follow-up but um we got a call from prosthetic Rep records in april time and you know with the, with the with the response that we received when echoes from deep november was released it kind of all bets were off and we just made the decision that this was the band we wanted to put our focus on I did get a chance to check out your, uh, you know, the Instagram live Q and a, uh, back in September when the album came out and I understand, uh, prosthetic, uh, kind of like, you know, picked up on you guys, um, through social media and, um, a little bit of back and forth and you're able to, uh, get a deal through prosthetic records. That's, that's amazing. Um, honestly, yeah, it was, it was uh, kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, I just want to say that the prosthetic records, um, you know, their lineup, like, you know, this, just this past year, I was kind of blown away by, you know, along with fires in the distance, but, uh, I want to say astral born, uh, there was another band. They, they remind me of children of Bodom a lot. Um, Paladin for token for token. Yeah. For tokens. Awesome. Um, especially for melodic death metal. I think that, uh, for token and astral born, definitely stand out on the prosthetic lineup and they're all really good dudes and just awesome supportive people to have as your label mates. Um, we didn't really know what to expect being an unsigned band. Um, but it's definitely a community, you know, where everybody can kind of bounce ideas off of one another. And, um, I think we're all just looking forward to a point in time where we might be able to play shows at some point. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, fires and, um, uh you know, Ashleborn and for token can all like, you know, get on a tour together. I'd really like to see that. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about fires in the distance, um, you know, uh, as I was younger, I was just kind of like, you know, reaching for different bands to listen to. And, uh, one band in particular that fires really kind of like, it kind of brought me back and haven't heard in a while was, um, swallow the sun. Um, were you guys pretty big or, or were was, uh, Yegor the pretty big on swallow the sun? Yeah, we really, I would say all of us are really big into Swallow the Sun, and I would note them as one of the more obvious influences in our music. Um, I think that they've always done a really good job with their atmosphere and some of the string compositions. Um, and just when you listen to them live, uh, they, they've never toured the U.S., so we haven't seen them live, but in their live videos, you can just tell how heavy 
the sound is and um not just musically but tonally how they set up their their show and just how the instruments sound on the record uh i i would definitely say is an influence and definitely a band that we look up to yeah another band that uh kind of you know really um kind of brings that you know that kind of pops into mind is uh paradise lost too uh they put out a good record last year as well yep yeah, and I would definitely say they're an influence too. Um, it's you know it's it's definitely a little bit of a hodgepodge and different things put together for us. But you know we we try not to go into the writing process kind of like hey we want this record to sound like this, and that's kind of where the transition from archaic to fires happen. It's just you know what was what was coming out on the writing. Okay, uh, so. The I understand the songwriter is uh, Diego, the guitarist, but um, I kind of hear a lot of his influences. But uh, what are your own personal, like, um, you know, band influences for yourself? Well, I'm going to speak for Igor and I. I mean, he's he's one of my best friends, and you know, growing up, we'd always be trading records. And you know, early on in the day, like when we first started hanging out, we loved listening to Children of Bodom, uh, Rest in Peace, Alexi, yeah. Behemoth. R.I.P. Yeah. We were really big on Behemoth, Decapitated, Necrophagist, and we just really loved the the virtuosity of all those bands and just how you know technically proficient they were. And I, I guess as we got older and as we got a little bit more tamed, we we really valued a, a lot more of the the melodic bands. So I I'm a really big fan of most melodic death metal. Um, you know, old in flames, soil work, you know, dark tranquility, we, we still blast and we still listen to. But um, I, I would say that we're still pretty loyal death metal fans, too, you know, and if it's hard, if it's aggressive, if it's fast music, we'll, we'll give it an honest listen. Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm a big melodic death metal fan myself. Um, one band that, uh, well, of course, you know, the, the originators at the gate, soil work and flames, but uh, one band I picked up on a couple of years ago, actually, I saw them tour with Children of Bodom uh, not too long ago, is uh, Wolfheart. Um, I don't know if have you heard of Wolfheart. I, I forget where they're from. Um, I've, I've heard of Wolfheart. I've listened to them before, but I, I can't say I've given it an honest listen. You know what I mean? Where you actually like sit down, no distractions, and really, really dig into the album. Yeah, they... Um, you know, similar to Fires in the Distance, there's a lot of like piano compositions. Uh, a lot of their songs are kind of like they start out slow, but then they they tend to build up um, into like a, you know just a fast uh, like you know, death metal song. And um, yeah, I, I really you know respect for Prosthetic Records for really you know reaching out to you and Ashaborn and uh, For Token. Um, <clears throat> I remember like back in I think I was like in. I, I went to like the University of Arizona and I remember just as I was starting out, like Metal Blade put out like all these like kind of bands, kind of like similar style. I remember like Black Dahlia Murder, Unearth, Azalea Dying, kind of, it kind of brought me back to those days. Like, you know, there's like, you know, someone has a good ear and, you know, decided to kind of put out bands who, you know, really do kind of complement one another. Yeah, and they, they've they really been awesome and supportive. Um, you know, when it comes to labels in the metal scene, it's, 
you know, you, I feel like sometimes you kind of hear the exaggerated, um, you know, bad stories that some bands might have, but we haven't experienced any of it. Um, I, I think my favorite thing in working with prosthetic is that they're very consultative. You know, they have the vision of producing bands and building them up. We don't, you know, we're just the musicians. So when you have ideas or when you're trying to allocate funds for a project, just being able to bounce it off of them and get some feedback on where our time is best spent um, is absolutely worth it. And, and they're definitely great partners to have along, um, you know, for where we are in our music. Yeah. I, uh, I picked up the, the vinyl copy of the, of the album and I also got uh, one of the CDs through your band camp and um, yeah, really, really good stuff. And I even, I saw that, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, the instrumental version of uh, Echoes in Deep November came out. That, that, uh, that's pretty cool. I've been listening to that a lot. Um, and then um, any, um, like, ha have you guys done any, like, songwriting or any, like, bounce off any, like, new song ideas? We have, yeah. So, you know, in terms of what we're working on next, um, while Igor's writing and coming up with some new stuff, we are doing another lyric video for The Lock and the Key. Um, just I, more as a thank you for fans and just to kind of keep some content going. And we're also working on releasing a full live version. Um, we were asked to play the Metal Injection Slay at Home Festival. So we actually did a full video and recording um, of Echoes Live. So I would say at some point between spring and summer, we're going to release it as like kind of a, a digital DVD that fans uh, can get into if they want. Um, but right now, as you mentioned, the big focus is really on our next album. And I would say that we have at this point, you know, three and three quarter songs, about a half hour worth of music. So um, we're really moving right along in the songwriting process. And while Igor's working to come up with some new riffs, um, we're doing pre-production on the back end just to kind of get our ideas together and get the arrangements to where they should be. All right. Um, oh, one, I don't know if this has been discussed with the, with the band, but, you know, one thing that's really big with, like, death metal fans is um, cassette tapes. Was there any, like, talk of getting Echoes in Deep November on a, on a cassette format? Um, you know, when it comes to a cassette format, honestly, I don't think we're going to go that route. Um, and as cool as it would be, and as I'm sure, you know, some fans would pick it up, um, th there's the physical cost of getting it together. And I think that what we're trying to just allocate funds towards right now is the production of the next record. So the idea is um, things that don't require manufacturing, we're going to try and keep producing just to, to give fans a few things to nibble on in terms of our next release. So I'm not ruling anything out for the next record. And if Prosthetic wanted to do cassettes with us, that would be super cool. But um, I don't see that happening, at least in the near future, for Echoes from Deep November. Okay. Um, yeah, since the, you know, the pandemic kind of cut touring, uh, you know, the touring cycle for this album uh, short, um, you know, what, what have you been doing, like, you know, in your, in your time during this pandemic? I mean, I'm sure you're working and, you know, um, doing music, but is there any other, any other things that you, you know, found, like new hobbies or, you know, new interests? new hobbies and new interests. Uh, I think it's forced us all outside a little bit, right? That's not a bad thing. 
Um, and you know, we, we certainly have lives outside of this, but you know, we live for music. We've all got our nine to five jobs, but music is, is our you know, collective passion. So we've just been trying to adapt and it's definitely one way to look at it in terms of shows being shut down and not possible. And it sucks. I mean, don't get me wrong, especially for the venue owners and bars and local entertainment, not being open is just a, a crushing blow for business, but we're trying to embrace the fact that between bands, it's almost a level playing field right now. And the only moniker of your success is how good your music is. So it's a challenging time, but it's also a really unique opportunity to be heard, especially from the fact that our music's kind of dark. Nobody's feeling that great right now. So therefore I think the music is a little bit more relatable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm, uh, I'm in Northern Arizona and it's like 20 degrees outside and kind of feel like, yeah, the, you know, the fires in distance and, you know, the record really kind of just, you know, it just feels more, like relatable and maybe just the, the isolation and the, the, the current pandemic and kind of like the time of year, but, you know, I, I really did enjoy it. And, um, you know, I hope everyone, you know, you know, I got a small audience, but hopefully, you know, you know, you get like a couple more fans once I, you know, put this out, but you know, I really do appreciate you taking time to, you know, talk with me and let me, uh, you know, have this podcast with you. Well, and vice versa, man, you know, it's hard to get, get ears in Arizona, especially when we're up here in the Northeast. So, you know, any opportunity we get to talk to fans and podcasts, we, we love coming on and, and uh, sharing the chat. So thank you. That was my interview with uh, Fires in the Distance bassist, Craig Breitsbrecker. Uh, sorry for the audio issues on my end. I haven't done a podcast with a guest in a while, so I actually had my microphone set up a little further than I'm used to, but, um, you know, I was able to tweak the audio on my end. So, um, yeah, I apologize for that. But, uh, if you haven't checked out fires in the distance, latest album echoes from deep November, check it out. Uh, it was put out by prosthetic records. Uh, they, you know, shout out to prosthetic records for putting out, you know, just some killer music in 2020. Also, I want to give a quick mention to the metal cave zine, they're a local zine out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, they, uh, you know, sent me uh, an issue, issue number one, and uh, also, a, you know, really cool compilation CD. So, um, you know, give them a follow on Instagram and check out their YouTube page. You know, they got some uh, cool playlists from uh, indigenous, um, you know, metal bands. So, uh, yeah, check it out. So I'm going to play a, a song from uh, Fires in the Distance uh, off their album. Uh, it's going to be called Chain to the Earth, so check it out. Mm-hmm. 